0: A little skip on the software, but we're here. Talks news. Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Thank you for joining me. It's the wacko weirdo rebel scum Jedi hero. Depending on what side of the aisle you're sitting on. So today we have a Militia Watch Wednesday update. Their update came out Tuesday, usually comes out Mondays, but we're going to get onto it today. Of course, it's going to be pretty busy this week, since there was a bit of an insurrection last week, and I'm sure that's going to get a little bit into it. I haven't read it yet, I like to read them cold. And then we're going to be making the rounds through the right-wing echo chamber, just to see how things are really going. And uh, that is the plan. today's episode so yet again ooh I did it wrong I want to thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoy this alternative intro music my computer's acting a little cray-cray but now that I have things all in order I switch it over here oh yeah and I didn't seem to line up my camera for for this so that was that was bad if you want to see me update the camera check out the YouTube channel talks news YouTube we'll fix that up right here huh oh there I am hey hi hello there I am yeah I'll just move it over there uh, uh, got me taking up the logo huh all right that's gonna do it so um, I did have one thing to say before we really... No, nah, no, nah, I'll save that just before we get into the video segments. Uh, but we'll dive right into the Militia Watch update. If you want to follow these yourself or get more in-depth articles, go to militia.watch. I have it saved on my browser, bookmarked, kept, because it's uh, it's it's very important. Honestly, it's got units, movements, and ideology. And all of these things... Uh, happen in the shadows, mainly because uh, mainstream media doesn't really cover a lot of it. Uh, But uh, Militia Watch is there just for this. So, it begins. The last week has been a big one, to say the least. Here's a weekly update covering some of the following in very broad strokes. So, of course, if you want to find out more information, do the research. Uh, But we're going to get into some of that here now, just the light brush strokes Um, the storming of the U S Capitol building is one point militias and other militant far right groups show at multiple state Capitol buildings and social media platform revolt. You've likely already read a lot of this given how high up in the news it's been this past week. So this is going to be mainly for record keeping. All right. So the first one being the storming of the Capitol. No real summary of this is needed as far as Militia Watch is concerned. However, from a Militia Watch perspective, the extent of Militia involvement is worthwhile to document here. For a full overview with documentation from on-the-ground reporters and scene captures, please reference the following Twitter thread. Which, in this uh, Twitter thread, they do highlight some of the iconography and groups that were at the Capitol, such as uh, Oath Keepers, Sons of Liberty, Proud Boys, QAnon supporters. Um, so, if you go to Militia Watch's Twitter, at Militia Watch, uh, they have this thread that I think is, I too also think is pretty important to get brushed up if you want to be familiar with the militia groups. So, groups present at the Capitol head of and through the storming, both militia and far right, represented here. You had the Sons of Liberty, New Jersey. Relatively new militia group, distinct from the Illinois Sons of Liberty, that many people likely have heard about in some regard. Note their matching uniforms and their evocation of the tree of liberty on their flag the tree is a reference to a thomas jefferson quote popular with the armed right quote the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants it is natural manure the quote was written by jefferson to a diplomatic official in london in late 1787 four years after the end of the american revolutionary war Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, but notably was not involved militarily in the U.S. Revolution. It's funny that he would write uh, about the necessity of the blood of patriots and tyrants and yet did not uh, go through the military. So, you know, the academic type stepping away from the battlefield in order to, uh, you know, keep those ideas safe. (laughs) Um, America First and the groiper army I don't groiper. all right led by unite the right attendee Nick Fuentes America first represents a burgeoning Christian neo-fascist movement skimming momentum off of the MAGA and stop the steal movements and I think Nick Fuentes it was active on YouTube I'm not 100% sure if his videos are still kept up uh we had Oath Keepers Oath Keepers were founded in 2009 after Barack Obama's winning electoral bid and draw from veterans and law enforcement agencies for their membership. They swear to uphold their oath to defend the US from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Then we had the Proud Boys. Uh, The Proud Boys are a far right street fighting organization that claims to be a Western chauvinist or men's drinking club organization. It was founded by Vice Founder, Gavin McInnes, who now claims to have left the group after he was put on the FBI terrorist watch list. Um, Three percenters, also there. Uh, The three percenter movement, like the Oath Keepers, were founded in reaction to Barack Obama taking the White House. The three percenters movement is full of fractures, splinters, and independent groups, making it often difficult to discern networks and coalitions of demonstrators who claim to be three percenters. We have NSC-131. The NSC-131 is a New England-based neo-Nazi group. NSC stands for National Social Club, National Socialism being Nazism, and 131 refers to ACA, or Anti-Communist Action. NSC-131 were not publicly identified at the rally, but a member posted to a closed telegram channel that they were in attendance. Since this is a good bit outside the purview of usual Militia Watch writing. Here's an ADL profile on the group. So uh, they have an American Defamation League profile on NSC-131 if anyone is interested in finding out more. More groups were likely present and not identified by their brand of icons and symbols. It's likely that this will remain a developing story, particularly as boasts and or arrests come out in the coming weeks. And there have been several arrests of people uh that had stormed the capital other state capitals also protested on the 6th of january many other capitals had organized protests set for the 6th of january and several of these had armed and militia contingents showed up this is not an exhaustive list but a few to highlight in lansing michigan a member of the Michigan Liberty Militia attending the Lansing-Michigan rally on the 6th of January had the following to say to a patch reporter about the Michigan Wolverine Watchmen arrested last year. The Michigan Wolverine Watchmen being the ones who wanted to kidnap Governor Whitner uh, and hold her to a trial. The quote says, All I can say about that is that they are not guilty. I know them guys personally, and that's not the case. It will all get played out in court and we'll find out the truth cool unquote this admission is not particularly surprising that a michigan liberty militia member is personally connected to the wolverine Watchmen, given the substantial evidence that the two are intricately intricately connected recall that over a dozen alleged wolverine Watchmen members were arrested and charged in october 2020 for their plans to kidnap michigan governor gretchen whitmer after which they planned to put her on trial at a secure location. Brian Higgins, one of those charged, appealed his extradition request this past week and was denied. In Olympia, Washington, armed protesters marched from the state capitol to the governor's mansion. Armed protesters among them shouted up at the mansion. Among these armed individuals, a man with a Hitler Youth dagger hitched to his shoulder webbing, webbing screamed, Kill all boomers! cool uh salt lake city utah columbia south carolina and salem oregon tallahassee florida and more host proud boys proud boys featured quite strongly in uh, on january 6 state capital showings from utah to south carolina to oregon to florida to ohio in many cases they got involved in street fights or intimidated by force journalists and their political opponents in Atlanta, Georgia, organized by local far-right political platform American Patriots USA (APUSA), a few armed protesters gathered at the Georgia Capitol. Former KKK leader and Unite the Right attendee Chester Dole's read from a script announcing the election result. Three percenter security force, uh, Three Percenters security force led Chris Hill, uh, led by Chris Hill, was also in attendance. All four of these individuals and organizations mentioned in this paragraph were part of a Militia Watch published network map around Kelly Loeffler who lost her election this past week and they have an article on that if you want to see. And as a general follow up from Militia Watch, the follow up to the J6 action in DC and state capitals across the country has led to a bit of a reckoning from a few different fronts. Far-right internet forums exploding with violent threats ahead of and throughout the day's events have faced swift and decisive response from service providers such as Parler's removal from Amazon Web Services and the App Store. The dust hasn't quite settled on this story yet, but these and other actions, such as Twitter's ban of Donald Trump's personal account, are likely to have massive impacts on on this moment as we look towards 2021. And that's mainly what we're gonna get into here. Uh, We're gonna talk a little bit on uh, civil liberties, freedom of speech, and the crackdown on the web. Um, And I just wanna highlight here this one story that came out of Media Matters. Media Matters is the same, uh, it gives me the same vibes as Militia Watch, where they focus in on watching a particular section of the right wing, and they focused in on uh, Newsmax here. And it says, Newsmax contributor says Trump is being impeached in order to provoke riots on Inauguration Day. And um, that's the thing, though, is that when you say those things, you, you steer the narrative. So there's not necessarily a lot of truth in there, because why would Democrats or the opposition to Donald Trump want more riots, more violence? That just suggests that the government is out to destabilize its own nation for whatever reason. Uh, I I haven't clicked the article or listened to his reasoning here, Um, but just saying in order to provoke riots on Inauguration Day gives it that kind of plausible deniability of also planting the seed in the, you know, the people that we just talked about, about them actually taking action on Inauguration Day. And as far as I've heard so far that there are actually protests planned throughout all 50 states on Inauguration Day. And a lot of them have to deal with the MAGAs, the Stop the Steals, and far-right militia groups. So um, you can already see here from this Media Matters article uh, that they are trying to steer the narrative in keeping everyone who supports Donald Trump furious. So uh, making our rounds through the right-wing echo chamber, we begin with Fox News. Uh, it has Joe Concha doubting Donald that the Biden admin will improve big tech censorship. Now, the thing about, I don't like the censorship of free speech. It's in the First Amendment. It's protected. Uh, the 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 terrible thing here is, though, is that when you incite violence on a platform that is uh, owned by a private company, which had you agree to terms of service, uh, terms and conditions before you uh, use the website, and then you violate those terms and, uh, and conditions. Um, the company has their legal right to do what they did to Donald Trump's account. They have the legal it's on their side. Legality is on their side. Now I wonder if they would be able to take this to the Supreme Court and try to, um, you know, break that in in, in with the First Amendment. Um, but then, you know, that would kind of open the floodgates for a lot of other businesses in, you know, what they're allowed to do in to their workers and other stuff like that. I just find like, what's really interesting about the argument is that somebody like, you know, if Twitter can't, is a private company and can do whatever they want, then all these small businesses should be able to open. And, um, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of like backwards thinking a little bit um, to think that like since a company can um, hold people to the terms and conditions of their service, then other businesses should be allowed to ignore uh, either state or federal law in order to open their business and spread COVID. I think um, oh, my brain just farted super hard. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a hard, that was a hard fart. But what also is pretty interesting about the same people who make the argument against Twitter, having that lockdown argument in their back pocket, but also refuse to wear masks when they're mandated at certain businesses, that just adds like another level of hypocrisy. So like if a business says that we require masks for you to come in, which happens in a lot of states that don't have mask, uh, mandatory mask ordinance or anything like that, businesses will put it into their policy. And then the people making the argument that Twitter uh, shutting down Trump means that other businesses can open would not want to wear masks in those businesses. Um, so it's, you know, we're, we're, we're basically just doing mental gymnastics to try and justify the actions of Donald Trump so that he can remain on Twitter and continue tweeting out to his millions of supporters so that they stay furious and angry, even though he has his press conferences that he can do at any moment. And he has a like well of right wing media to do it for him, um, but, you know, this this whole crackdown thing has been happening a while. I brought it up earlier back when like Stephen Crowder uh, got uh, reprimanded by YouTube for calling Carlos Maza of Vox a wispy queer, um, you know, bigoted speech. That's what that is. And uh, his videos got demonetized in that. And it, it probably began before then, but that's really when it started ramping up in my eyes that they started feeling like oh the conservatives are being repressed for the things that we say and my free speech is being infringed upon um but you know he he broke the terms and services of youtube and a lot of people aren't really going to unless they're right wing and also agree with his bigoted views aren't going to agree with the position that he takes simply because he uh was uh spreading hate speech So, um, you know, when they demonetized his videos for that, saying, hey, take down that video or bleep it out or do something about it and we can re-monetize your videos, I thought that was completely justified just because Crowder spent a lot of his time, and it wasn't just that video, it was several videos where he was making fun of Carlos Maza just for being gay. So, um, yeah, we're, we're having a massive conversation in this nation about... Um, free speech on the internet Um, and you know it even extends to when protesters try to block like a certain speaker from speaking at their college Um, and it just it broadens like do we let um, you know bigoted hate speech uh, go on for the sake of the first amendment or do those ideas spread and further repress other people such as gay people uh, minorities, transgendered people—like the list goes on—of the 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 um, the discrimination list that comes from the conservative right wing. So, um, yeah, there's a broader conversation to have, but we're going to get into these topics now.
1: Back with a Fox News alert: YouTube joining Twitter and Facebook and suspending President Trump from his account.
2: Fox News contributor Joe Concha joins us now, Joe. I mean, come on, man! YouTuber reportedly not even identify
0: the offending video. What does that tell you?
2: Pyro, was that
0: Randy Moss? Come on, man! So this video came out yesterday, and I'm pretty sure I had heard yesterday what video it was, and it was the video where Trump. Um, it was after January, the 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 after the riot and insurrection itself. Um, Donald Trump had come out and said that this this isn't the end it's only the beginning that that was that was the video so them claiming that there is no video or that twitter hasn't cited it i'm not 100% sure on that whether or not twitter has cited it specifically but i am aware of what the video was
2: Man or is that Joe Biden? Come on, man. I want to make sure I got the context. (laughs) Yeah, right. Hey, look, this doesn't make a lot of sense, guys, uh, because this is YouTube's actual statement. Given the ongoing concerns about violence, we will also be indefinitely disabling comments on President Trump's channel, as we've done with other channels when it comes to safety concerns. the comments section in YouTube, just like almost every political publication you read out there, is an absolute cesspool, and there isn't a lot of moderation going on in general. And this whole notion that somehow Twitter is sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows—no, that—that's a very ugly place as well. So this is. Yeah,
0: I don't know what specifically he's talking about, but most of the time they only crack down on specific uh violators of their terms and service that usually deal with like hate speech or even the um incitement of violence or even the the threaten the threatening of violence um but yeah if you go into the the twitter mentions and comments section it's mostly just people grandstanding each other there's no actual healthy discourse or exchange of ideas it's mostly people canceling each other and um uh, grandstanding and holier than thou bullshit. Um, which, you know, you just become aware that's what Twitter is. Like wh- when did we decide that Twitter was the new grand town hall for the entire world? That, 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 that's so foolish.
2: It's just another excuse to take president Trump away from a way to communicate with the outside world. He's already lost uh, face.
0: And see, and that's what's like really ridiculous. But like, yeah, social media is super important to communicating in this world. But he's the president of the United States. He can literally have a press conference whenever he wants. On top of it, he can have his press secretary go out and have press conferences whenever. So like him not having an ability to communicate with the American people, that's not it. That's not it. It's, it's blocking him from constantly spamming the idea of a fraudulent election that has no evidence.
2: Facebook, he's already lost Twitter. He's already lost uh, Snapchat. You could go down the line. It's something like a dozen now in terms of the way he communicates. Uh, and YouTube obviously is owned by Google. So this is again, tech giants putting their weight on the scales as far as taking President Trump off any way to actually communicate with the American people.
1: Joe, can you describe uh, what it might take for, you know, this to come back and bite those people who at this point are now celebrating this? Because right now, you know, I mean, it is obviously a lot of conservatives who are saying that this is happening to them, that they're being censored. But it's not that difficult to imagine a world in which everybody might be affected by this at some point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're all living in (laughs) silos. And I've already seen the meme going around. Like, first, they came for the president and I said nothing because I wasn't the president. It's just like like just don't step out of the lines of the terms and service. It's pretty easy. But of course, they're also going to talk about like it's it's whatever the left doesn't want to hear. It's whatever Twitter doesn't want to hear. But like when they're not focusing in on what exactly the message and like what what the consequence came from. What when they're not what they're looking at is the effect and ignoring the causation. And um, yeah, that just that just helps Trump and further radicalizes people in this idea that the oppression is coming for them. You're a Republican. You are going to be oppressed because of your Christian values.
2: That's right. We're just talking to each other in echo chambers. Look, uh...
0: I like how he said that we're just talking to each other in echo chambers when like this episode is literally about going through the right wing echo chamber. I dig it. I love it. I'm here for it.
2: I think always money solves the problem, Melee. In other words, you have um, Google stock is down 60 points over the last couple of days. You, have-
0: I think what honestly, like the right wing where they fucked up is that they don't have their own web services. If they had like Prager, Dennis Prager, or I don't know, Rockefeller, if there's still a Rockefeller alive, one of them to go out and just, you know, open a web service uh, and have um, uh, servers to host nothing but conservative websites, then they wouldn't have anything to worry about. But Amazon did it to save its own ass because Amazon's there to please everybody. But, um, you know, of course, they're not going to look at it like that because um, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post and the Washington Post is fake news, liberal bullshit. So, um you know, the, the the easiest solution for them is to find servers that agree with their ideology, and that way they can avoid getting banned when they say bigoted shit.
2: We have Twitter stock uh, that's taken a big fall as well. Uh, when you alienate half the country, that tends to do that. But the problem here is that you have a Democratic-controlled Washington coming in a week. Congress, Senate and obviously the Oval Office. And it's hard to imagine given all the donations that the Biden administration got and all the people from Silicon Valley that are going to work for the Biden administration, that very much is gonna be done here. And even if you try to break up these companies, it's gonna take years given the legal resources that they have. So I hate to say there's not much that could be done right now, but there's really not much that could be done right now. They're privately owned companies. With that, Joe, there's a Washington Post columnist who asked the question, and this is his question,
0: and he highlights it right there they're privately owned companies and what they want is for them to be regulated away from banning conservative thought which most of the time the only reason why they ban conservatives is because the mis the disinformation campaigns misinformation and bigoted hate speech or even incitement of violence or threats of violence
2: how do we deprogram president trump supporters take a listen
1: there are millions of Americans, um, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. It, it, it's as if they, build, they, they, they are members of a cult.
2: What alarm bells go off in the mind of Concha when he hears the word deprogram? Eugene Robinson does sound like somebody who is in the movie 1984, doesn't he? With that voice. I mean, yeah, it sounds like he literally wants to deprogram you. Uh, Speaking of... uh...
0: He just had to find a way to bring 1984 into it, of course. But 1984 is a book about fascism and how the government uh, oppresses every civil liberty that we hold dear. So uh, big tech companies doing it through their policies, Um, that's not it. That's that's not what Orwell wrote about. Orwell wrote about all of our rights, such as the First Amendment not being allowed to us and the Ministry of Truth basically taking old pieces of newspaper and re-editing it only to fit the narrative of what the government wants. So um, we could say that the big tech is acting in accordance with the government or with Democrat leadership, but then you're actually putting on your conspiratorial hat, which does lead you to a realm of being closer to a cult. So. Uh,
2: 1984, so uh, I went back and read it. It's
0: It's a good book. It's a really great book. What I really hate though, is that right-wingers constantly keep quoting it without knowing that george orwell was a fervent anti-fascist he was antifa he was also a socialist and he went to catalonia specifically to shoot fascists it's a great uh, homage to catalonia is another great book by him
2: one of the best sellers out there right now quote power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them back together in new shapes of your own choosing that's actually in the book and boy that sounds a lot like what we heard on msnbc so this
0: yeah but the the book also says uh one of the first acts of the the party was to tell people not to believe their eyes or their ears and one of Trump's first, like, he made it known, like, he would not stop saying it constantly. That's fake news. That's fake news. That's fake news. That's fake news. That's him saying, don't believe your eyes, don't believe your ears, because what you're hearing is fake. That That's... 1984 and it was coming from an official in the government that's much closer to 1984 than big tech companies doing that big tech companies doing that is much closer to cyberpunk like not even just the video game but the whole science fiction genre of books where mega corporations actually have much more power than uh the governments or even the people so um we're more closer to cyberpunk than we are actually um uh, what is it? Uh, uh, 1984. When it, and also if we if we go into the cyberpunk, that's when we start talking about libertarian ideas and how they want a laissez-faire capitalist system where the the, the mega corporations and multinationals are allowed to do whatever they want without government regulation.
2: This isn't about reprogramming the mind uh, cleanly. This is about reprogramming the mind in a way that Eugene Robinson, who you just heard, wants it to be. And and we saw this with uh, PBS recently and a lawyer there who said it's great that coronavirus cases were spiking in red states because they might infect Trump voters and suggested Republican voters should have their children put in re-education camps. Mm. He was fired since then. But you see where this is going. right?
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment either. Um, whoever said that, I don't really agree. Um, but the, the, the thing is, is that we don't necessarily need reeducation camps just as much as we need actually unfiltered truth and narratives without a spin. And we're just constantly getting that whether it's left or right, we're constantly getting narrative spins rather than the straight truth and facts. And so with, if we achieve a level of honesty, we won't have to go through, so-called re-education camps but we have this right-wing media that is constantly battering people's minds with narratives that only fit their political agenda all right guys well wow. joe
1: concha thank you for joining us have a good day
2: oh thank you off to get an mri uh Miley. i, I oh. tore a tendon in my arm while oh. vacuuming when picking up a couch i swear to god that happened like magda from there's yeah. something about that's mary picking up the that. couch
0: <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> that's
2: exactly right without actually lifting it long story
0: all right that was dumb i don't know why i let that play on all right so then next we have the benny chaperone shapiro at the ben shapiro show uh talking about unreal antifa demands andy No's book be removed from Portland Bookstore. What I also thought was funny too is that uh, Ben Shapiro has a video on his channel where he's reacting to um, uh, the 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 video that Daily Wire did that I covered last episode, where they walk around asking random, supposedly random people if there's any compromise on certain issues. Ben Shapiro reacts to that video, and just to tell you how idiotic that is, is that it's his company that made that video. So he probably had already seen it before reacting to it. And also his company is the one who decided where to make the cuts and the edits. So like all of that was caricatured specifically for their viewers. And then on top of it, just to add a piece to the fucking, just to add a strawberry to the top of that cake, Ben Shapiro has to react to content that is his own. But I'm not going to get into that. We're not going to watch that. We're going to get into this Andy No bullshit.
3: So by the way, if you thought that all of the censorship stuff was a little bit too on the nose, well, now we are in the realm of actual book burning. <laughs> so over the last 24 hours, Antifa demanded that Powell's books in Portland shut down the store if they ref- if they carried Andy No's book on Antifa. So there are people in the mainstream media pushing for this. I mean, Sarah Zhang of the New York Times, she was pushing for Andy Ngo to be banned from Twitter. Why? What was his grave crime? He would go to these Antifa rallies. He would film the Antifa rallies. He'd put up the tape of the Antifa rallies. And then he would identify with the photos the people who had been arrested at the Antifa rallies. And when I say rallies, I mean riots. Okay, but now Antifa showed up at, uh, at this Portland store called Powell's Books. And they demanded that the store stop selling unmasked inside Antifa's radical plan to destroy democracy. That's the book by Andy. The protest forced the store to close early. Powell's then announced it would not carry the book in its physical store, though it would still be available for purchase online. The book will not be on our store shelves, will not promote it, said Powell's. That said, it will remain in our online catalog. We carry books that we find anywhere, that we find anywhere from simply distasteful or badly written to execrable, as well as those we treasure. We believe it is the work of bookselling to do so. So uh, here are some Antifa protesters outside Powell's books explaining that if they stopped the release of the book, that would be like stopping the release of MindConf. Here's some of that footage.
4: Stop selling Andy No's book. You're on the How property. can you not be? Stop selling Inception? Andy No's book! How
0: can Stop you not sell Andino's book? I don't care. Stop,
4: Stop selling Andy, Andy No's book.
0: Stop selling Andy No's book. Wait, Stop selling Andy, Andy No's book. book. Andy book. book. Wait. wait. Where's the part about MindKonf? Because I did not hear it. Hold on, I'm sorry.
4: Stop selling Andy Neos book. You're on the phone. Stop selling section? Andy knows book. How can you not be Stop selling it? Andy book. I don't care. Stop, Stop selling, selling Andy, Andy book. Stop selling Andy
0: yeah, I, I, I didn't hear anything about mine comp. I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, Ben Shapiro inserted that himself. Stop selling Andy Neos book. Stop selling Andy knows book. Stop.
3: Yeah, nothing, nothing quite says uh, anti-fascism like in fascist fashion, closing a bookstore because someone was writing about how terrible you are. By the way, it's absolute cowardice for Powell's to.
0: It's not that uh, that he's going to uh, just talk shit. It's just mainly that Andy No deliberately spreads misinformation. And he doxes people, too, putting people's lives in danger. But Andy No willingly spreads misinformation for the, fa- for, the, for the sake of fascists. Like He, 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 he walks around with uh, patriot prayer in films to make them look good and to make anti-fascists look bad. So they're going to a bookstore and saying, hey, uh, let's not publish or let's not sell this book by a uh, known fascist apologist. Please and thank you
3: to remove the book from the actual shelves, right? That in and of itself is absolute cowardice on an extraordinary level. I mean, it is a bookstore. If the idea here is that bookstores can only carry books that the left agrees with, just like it is the idea here that Facebook is only allowed to allow posts that Facebook agrees with, or Twitter is only allowed to allow posts that Twitter agrees with. And not only that, if you are an outlet that does not implement the same standards as Facebook or Twitter does with regard to its policing of content, that you can have your web service removed, The culture of free speech is dead. And then once the culture of free speech is dead, then it's just a question as to when the law changes, right? Because the culture, the law always follows the culture. The minute that the culture of free speech dies in America, we're not very, it's really just the Supreme Court standing.
0: This is radicalization um, only because like, you know, trying to hinder the work of fascists this is what I'm saying when it gets into a broader like discussion of free speech is that it's not really up to the government to ensure that fascist speech isn't spread because then that is a, uh, I would say like a superpower or an authority cracking down on free speech. But if it's the people themselves, the, 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 the proletariat, if you will, it, if they are the ones who are shutting it down that is them using their first amendment free speech to use consequentially against someone else who is using their free speech in the in the name of uh let's just say hate at this point so um you know i'm all for the 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 freedom of speech but the thing that conservatives have to be comfortable with is that there are consequences to freedom of speech. And that might mean popular movements by the people to shut it down.
3: Between the left and the destruction of actual legal free speech in the country. And we've had articles from people who are now going to be in the Biden administration talking openly about why we need to adopt European standards with regard to free speech, i.e. banning quote unquote hate speech, meaning stuff that the left doesn't like very often. Hate speech encompasses everything from actual horrible speech to things like saying that a transgender man is actually still a biological woman.
0: right? But the thing is, is that like, even though that may still be true, um, Ben Shapiro only says that to remind the transgendered person that they cannot escape um, who he thinks that they are. Um, It's a bigoted reason to say that there's there's no other reason to like, hey, um, my name's uh, Jeffrey. I go by he him. Um, I, you know, transitioned about 10 years ago and he's like, you know, you're still biologically a woman, right? Like why, why even say it? Why even say it? Everybody knows, but why even say it? Because you want to bring them down. That's the kind of speech that is being fought against by populist popular movements. So them not liking people using their democratic uh, powers to shut down their democratic powers. Um, it, it, it's just a further radicalization of the idea that Republicans are being oppressed when really their ideas are being challenged because they're bigoted, they' hate, they're hateful. And if to be perfectly honest, they're, they're primeval, they're, they're back in the day, traditional viewpoints have no place in a world where the, the culture and society is constantly changing.
3: If it were not for the the barrier of the First Amendment as interpreted by the Supreme Court, there is no question the left would be pushing for this stuff incredibly, incredibly hard right now under the base on the basis of all of this is a danger. All of this is incitement.
0: I really love the horseshoe theory that comes in here that like left wing authoritarianism is probably the same thing as right wing authoritarianism. Like you go far enough down the left wing spectrum and you get to. Uh, The idea that we don't need hierarchies. So uh, like it's literally the opposite of authoritarianism. Once you reach as far left as you can go, that's anarchy and that demands horizontal hierarchical structures. Yeah, you might have leadership, but it is extremely hinged on uh, on on democracy those people in those leadership roles being held accountable by everybody and not just a few bodies who also might have vested interests in that person. So um, yeah, the the horseshoe theory nonsense, I'm just gonna scoot past.
3: And everything is incitement. Remember, th- this argument is old. Okay, just because of what happened at the Capitol does not mean that this is a new argument. It's been an old argument. That they, they people were trying to shut down my speeches at places like Berkeley requiring 600 police officers because they were suggesting that me standing in favor of free speech was actually fascism, right? Because words are violence.
0: No, it's the ideas that you speak about are are, are pro-fascist. And, you know, that's that's what people are talking about. You're, you're anti-immigrant, anti-communist. Um, those things are incredibly fascist in themselves. So, um, yeah, that's 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 what people are mainly fighting against, and they also don't want to hear you go onto college campuses to beat down transgendered people because you are so cl- you you cling so hard to biology. So um, yeah,
3: words are violence is literally what they were chanting. They ch- they were chanting speech is violence. The punch a Nazi movement that that started a few years ago was also completely reliant on the idea that all of your fellow citizens are Nazis if they disagree with you.
0: No. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That's a hyperbole. No, it wasn't. And if anybody acts like that, then please do not call yourself an anti-fascist if you're going to consider every single person a fascist because you're only going to hinder the movement itself. Um, but yeah, he's he's exaggerating um, just to make it a lot easier for those Republicans to go, Oh, don't tread on me. No.
3: That is the direction the culture is moving. Facts don't care about your feelings.
0: And my feelings don't care about Ben Shapiro. All right, so that was the end of that. And now we have a great crossover episode from One American News Network who has Dennis Prager of PragerU going on to talk about the left's lockstep pseudo-intellectualism. Oh boy.
4: So do you see people putting on intellectual airs for Zoom as just a another symptom of some of the wider cultural problems we're experiencing right now? <laughs>
1: Actually, uh, I have a darker view than you do, and, uh, I actually welcome it. Anything that supports the purchase of books, even if it's a fake backdrop or wallpaper, I am for, I have told people actually over and over, you, you don't see this in my room. You just see my, 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 my pipes in the background and, and my, the blinds, but I am facing about a thousand books. And I have about 6,000 books.
0: We're just going to have to take his word for it. But I wonder if he has a copy of Origin of Species. One thing I know about Prager is that he is extremely Christian. And I think he also wants to reach the point where the United States goes off of the Bible as a rule of law rather than our Constitution or other legislation that we have. Um, So Uh, I
1: walk into homes, and I am stunned. At how many do not have one bookshelf? So uh, I, I would actually advocate to people, buy books, even if you don't read them, just to say to the world, I take the, the world of the mind seriously.
0: How does that prove that you take the world of the mind seriously if you have books up there just to be antiques? What, th- that tells me, too, that he has 6,000 books just so that he can look intellectual. Who? How is, he, how is it the left's lockstep of pseudo-intellectualism and not Dennis Prager when he just told you to buy books so you can look smart?
4: That's actually a really great way of looking at things. And as we're talking about our society oh, wow. more broadly, I know you recently wrote a great piece called uh, Good, The Good German. And I was wondering if you could explain some of the, the premise of your article exactly and how it relates to some of the events that we've uh, been seeing this past year.
1: This was one of the most uh, difficult, I, I have a thousand columns on the internet and I've written 10 books. So I write a lot. This was probably the hardest piece I ever wrote it, it on so many levels. And I just simply opened up about a realization I have made in the last year and a few that I made earlier than that, but the last year concretized. So I, I grew up. As a Jew, wondering how could Germans do what they did in the Holocaust. And so there was a notion, and you don't have to be Jewish to know this notion, this notion of the good German. In other words, the person who didn't help the Nazis, who who never hurt a Jew, but did nothing. And there was a general condemnation of the quote-unquote good German. And I extrapolated in my piece to the good Russian, the Russian who did nothing under communism, as as, as about 30 to 40 million of his fellow citizens were, were, were murdered by Stalin and uh, Lenin and uh, and their successors, but especially those two.
0: I think I haven't read his article, but on Behind the Bastards, uh, Robert Evans got into the little Nazis, which were basically like the little people who um, kind of allowed the Nazi Party to um, really gain hold. And a lot of people were aligned with the Nazi Party while also believing that they could change it from the inside. And while that was happening, Jewish people were being exterminated. Um, So maybe his article could be interesting, but I'm just going to say go check out uh, Robert Evans' podcast, Behind the Bastards, about the little Nazis and the small business owners who kind of perpetuated Nazism in Germany.
1: So I realized, though, in the last year that... Silence in the face of tyranny is not a German or Russian characteristic. I have watched the people that have been singing the land of the free and the home of the brave for quite some time. Give in to tyranny with an ease that I never would have expected from Americans. You can't go to work. You can't open your restaurant, you can't make a living, you can't go to school, all of which, all of which is utterly irrational.
0: And I I wanted to say that the lockdowns, like, it's not a good idea if you can't support all the small businesses financially. So um, as far as the lockdowns go, if we had gone with, like, any other nation's model where we were subsidizing wages or even just paying people to stay home, it wouldn't have seemed as macabre as it is. But that's where we're where we're at now is that we had a nation that like we barely just passed six hundred dollars last year. And, um, you know, even Republicans are still uh, really fervent on not giving Americans a thousand four hundred dollars, even though Bernie Sanders is fighting for that money for the Americans and small business owners who are suffering during these times, during these lockdowns, the necessity to uh, shorten the spread of a very contagious virus. Um so, I I just find that very interesting that, like, it's tyranny to tell them to lock down, but I wonder if they would have been able to have this argument if people were paid to lock down. I don't think they would have the argument.
1: It has no basis in science. None whatsoever.
0: And I, they always say this, too, but they never provide, like, why it doesn't... But, like, the, the whole idea of it is to try and shorten... Uh, the spread as much as we can back when we had our original lockdowns, it was called uh, flatten the curve. And it's just trying to decrease the amount of people getting the virus, which obviously the Republican party did not care about because Trump held so many rallies before the election with tens of thousands of people who he did not care about so much. So I think in one state, he left them out there without a bus ride back to their cars. And a lot of them got hypothermia.
1: And, and people have accepted it. People have crushed their lives and crushed their children because the government said so, so, oh, and, and it gets worse by the way. It's not just the U S Canada, Australia, uh, and, uh, in Quebec last weekend, you probably saw the viral video family had new year's Eve, six people, a grand total of six people celebrating new year's Eve snitched on by a neighbor. Police came and tussled with them, arrested them, and fined them $1,500. Arrested them for for, for gathering in their apartment for New Year's. And Garrett Garcetti, the, the, the fool who runs Los Angeles, has told us in March, it's good to snitch.
0: Uh, snitches get stitches. Uh, I wanted to look up, though, whether or not um, that story is true. Let me see here. Um, So Quebec police arrest two people and find six for violating Quebec's COVID-19 lockdown orders at a seven person house party. So seven, not six. Canadian police arrested two people after an illegal New Year's Eve party violated Quebec's COVID-19 lockdown protocols. One man is expected to face charges of of assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. Uh, a woman was also arrested for refusing to identify herself, but she was released as soon as she complied. Uh, the police said it's possible the woman could face charges. Two officers responded to a house in Gatineau get to know on Thursday night at around 1130 PM after receiving a complaint about a party. She said two women answered the door and refused to cooperate with officers. They failed to present their IDs when asked by officers, which can lead to being charged with a crime. So, uh, there were six adults and one child in the house at the time, but Quebec's current COVID-19 restrictions prohibit such gatherings. Leduc said a person who lives, Alone is allowed to join another family or, at most, receive one family for the holidays. A video taken by someone else in the house was posted to Twitter Friday and shows officers in a confrontation with a man in the doorway. Yelling can be heard in the background. Another male who was inside the house can be seen trying to hold the man back from being taken outside. The, 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 the thing about it is, though, is that, like, you know... This is like a a once-in-a-century kind of pandemic or situation, and people are so YOLO that they can't even Zoom call, FaceTime, or do anything necessary to keep public safety in mind. So as far as these people go, I'm really like, you. sure, you can consider that the law was not fair, um, but at the end of the day, you uh, broke it because you don't care about other people. So at the end of this, I do not have sympathy for them. But of course, the right wing is going to because they're very fervent about just none of this happening. Just none of it. None of it. Nothing should be happening. There's no virus. China should have never let it out. It was a hoax. It should have been gone by Easter. All that yada, yada, yada bullshit.
4: It's quite a time that we live in. that now Americans who used to be so suspicious, to put it mildly, of government, of any of power being concentrated in the hands of the few and now as you're saying you just see so many Americans going about their daily life going well the quote-unquote experts told us this is the way we have to live the quote-unquote experts told us I have to do A, B, and C and they just do it without asking too many questions and and even when things don't exactly make sense they still unfortunately go along with it. so you actually make a really good point about brainwashing in your piece you talk about and I'm quoting you, you said that you didn't think that, it, you, you thought it could only happen in totalitarian governments, totalitarian regimes. And yet now we're seeing it in a nominally free country. Why exactly do you think that is?
0: Nominally. This was yeah. another uh, surprise to me. <laughs> we're going to look up the definition of nominally. This is going to be fun. In name only. <laughs> Officially, though perhaps not in reality, are we a democracy? (laughs) Oh, man. And here's the thing is that if we actually tried to move towards a socialist, communist, or pure anarchist uh, society, political organization, um, we would try to move the political power from a few hands into everyone's hands. So, um, if you want to talk about uh, democracy, and not just nominally democracy, but true democracy, consider far-leftism.
1: So, when I was a graduate student at Columbia, my, I was at what they call the Russian Institute. I studied the communist countries, and I learned Russian, not in order to order a cheese sandwich, but uh, which most people do which is fine uh, I I studied it solely to be able to read Pravda the Soviet communist newspaper which I got to be able to read and so my life has been sort of devoted to reading uh, brainwashing uh, news items if you will columns
0: propaganda
1: and I was sure most of my life you could only brainwash a people in a tyranny Cause there's free speech to counteract, uh, in a free press, but the free press in the United States, the mainstream press is Pravda. So whether or not they work for the government.
0: I mean, how is OAN not considered Pravda, especially since, like, he's speaking of like Lenin or not Lenin, but Stalin at like Stalin era propaganda, where they idolized and worshipped a uh, a single leader, which you know OAN has done for Trump entirely. So um, Trump is like much closer to Stalin and his ideas of how to run a uh, a country than. Uh, Dennis Prager is even leading on here like Trump would love if his picture was literally everywhere saying obey so uh, yeah
1: I mean it's an equal brainwash the New York Times is essentially as honest as Pravda was and the LA Times and the Washington Post I just use New York Times the New York Times spread the biggest lie in American history 1619 the country was founded and uh, we had a revolution against the Britain in order to to, uh, maintain slavery. Liberal, anti-Trump professors called it a lie. Sean Wilentz at Princeton is one of them, just in case people want to look this up. It's a lying newspaper. Uh, they all are.
0: I think the 1619 Project itself is a working theory. It's not necessarily um, 100% on um, you know fact and history books. Um, and it it's only really been developed since that piece came out, I think, last year. Or the year before twenty nineteen, so um, yeah, I think it's only a working theory that since the first slaves were brought here, and then the uh, consequential Revolutionary War was over property rights, um, slaves being property, you know, they're they're making a through line there.
1: They all are. The president has been right. President Trump has been right. Uh, In calling it uh, the fake news media, that is exactly correct. That is what...
0: Don't believe your eyes. Don't believe your ears. They are. And
1: uh, I thought that was restricted solely to uh, dictatorships. I was wrong.
4: And talking of the New York Times, as we were discussing earlier with the Soviet Union as well, they also covered up for the mass humanitarian crimes that were happening under Stalin's leadership, the mass uh, starvations that were taking place in the Ukraine. They had some of the reporters over there being driven around by the Soviets living the high life. And they're like, I don't see anything wrong here. Everyone looks fine to me. They even wrote in some of their articles that people in the Soviet Union, specifically in the Ukraine, they're hungry.
0: I mean, that happens all the time in like other nations that come here, that they ignore the homelessness and uh, the the racial tensions and now the political divide, um, and just kind of focus in on how America is the land of equal opportunity. Um, So, I mean, that's still something that happens. Um, but, of course, there are, you know, other journalists who are more focused on getting to know the issues so that people can alleviate them and problem solve. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always come through. But, um, yeah, it, like the same thing happens that when people go to North Korea to um, uh, document what's going on there, they tend to clean themselves up and try to present a North Korea that isn't necessarily the everyday North Korea
4: but they're not starving and that's how they tried to play the game there unfortunately what do you think about that
0: i've written about
1: it a lot walter Duranty got a pulitzer prize in 1932 he's the new york times correspondent in moscow stalin loved the man gave him a great apartment great life and it it is exactly when stalin was deliberately deliberately starving millions of ukrainians to death uh people should read the red famine
0: I mean, the unfortunate thing here is that, like, he's also not acknowledging that the landowners, um, it it was, it it was a bit of a, uh, a double-sided sword, um, but I'm not apologizing for what Stalin did. Stalin fucked up and starved and killed a lot of people, but there were also property owners that refused, uh, to, um, uh, basically give up their land to the government and burn down their properties, which were farms which then effectively eradicated the food source. And those people didn't have as much to worry about at that point because of them having a bit more money. So like, I don't know, there's there's a bit more context in it that it's not just Stalin choosing to starve the Ukrainian people. It also has to deal with the uh, complex political situation in Ukraine to which, uh, you know, landowners and uh, property owners uh, refuse to give up their property to the government, which, I don't know, that, that, that's, a, that's another discussion to, to have.
1: Applebaum, who, for the record, is a never-Trumper, uh, and uh, I, I don't agree with her on politics, but she wrote a true book about what happened in Ukraine, and people should know about that. About five to six million people were slaughtered and, and, uh, you will get an idea of how awful it is to starve to death and how, uh, you end up eating human beings when, when that is all there is to eat. This is what was done. And the, the Pulitzer prize, which should have been returned by the New York times, uh, uh, 80 years ago, and they still have kept it. The New York times has two Pulitzer prizes for pure lies Durante's in 32 and last year's uh, for the 1619 project. This is the state of journalism in the United States.
4: And yet they're the ones to claim to have all this, uh, the moral high ground when they talk to us Americans all the time. And that's, that's the craziest thing, as you were just discussing, looking back at their history over the years. Uh, when it comes down to it, all the brainwashing that we've seen in the failing schools um, How can we have our civil society? How can American voters make good decisions at the ballot box and govern themselves well and to be able to choose wisely between candidates when we lack the basic foundations of a solid education? And in many cases, so many people.
0: Uh, Here's something interesting that Prager uh, decided to ignore is that the New York Times uh, released a statement about the 19. 32 Pulitzer Prize awarded to Walter Duranty, which is what he's talking about. Duranty, one of the most famous correspondents of his day, won the prize for 13 articles written in 1931, analyzing the Soviet Union under Stalin. Time's correspondents and others have since largely discredited his coverage. And here's what I think is pretty funny is that like the, the right wing will argue that you shouldn't judge, uh, men, uh, who lived in the past for their morals. Like usually they'll bring that up. Like when you say, Oh, George Washington had slaves and it's like, well, everybody had slaves back then. You shouldn't judge a man by the times he was living in, even though abolitionists existed as well. People who already believed that slavery slavery was wrong. Um, and yet here we are judging a guy of his time. I'm not sure of his article itself, but let's, I'm going to read a little bit of this Duranty's, uh, Cable dispatches had to pass Soviet censorship, and Stalin's propaganda machine was powerful and omnipresent. Durante's analyses relied on official sources as his primary source of information, accounting for the most significant flaw in his coverage, his consistent underestimation of Stalin's brutality. And like I had just said earlier, North Korea will do the same exact thing. China will do the same exact thing. China will actually uh, refuse certain media, like movies or TV, if it is critical of the Chinese government. So um, th- that's a thing that still happens, and uh, it-, it is a part of authoritarian uh, regimes. But if you're living in a, um, nominally, de- uh, a nominally democratic, faux free speech, a nation such as uh, the United States, you just get a president who will say, oh, that's fake news. And that's how you deal with that. And you just need also like a whole media echo chamber to keep saying it's fake news for you, too. So
4: or growing up even without the family unit, which is the, the bedrock of our society.
1: My, uh, my uh, listeners to my uh, radio show frequently ask me, so what should we do first? And I have an answer. Get your kids out of, uh, out of public school. Not in every case. There are some public schools, I'm sure, in rural Kansas that still, that still teach truth. But uh, by and large, certainly in urban areas, uh, uh, they are just uh, left-wing seminaries. I, I've often said— So
0: he's I, basically saying it's not true because I don't agree with it. But in rural, rural areas, that's where the truth is, because I agree with it.
1: I started this about colleges, and now it's true about elementary schools and high schools. So I, I used to have a, a sort of riddle. Uh, why are Christian seminaries more honest than, uh, than uh, universities? And here's the answer. Christian seminaries advertise our purpose is to produce committed Christians. Universities lie. They don't tell you the truth. Their purpose is to commit, is to produce committed leftists.
0: If no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, and what I find interesting too is that, so I'm, I, you know, some people aren't going to like me saying this, but like Christianity is something that we made up. Uh, Judaism is something that uh, a people long time ago also made up. And so saying that a Christian seminary is selling truth. Um, that in itself kind of gives it away that like he obviously believes in the the, the, the lie of Christianity and denies science, which is uh, actual evidence based and uh, saying that Christian seminaries are more honest than universities that teach science that are based in fact. Um, yeah, this is that's him doing anti intellectualism. And so that's funny that it's this video is called The Left's Lockstep Pseudo-Intellectualism, when he will say Christians are selling you the truth and universities are selling you leftist agendas. And that's that's anti-intellectualism. And that's a, a greater leap towards authoritarianism.
1: If the universities acknowledge that, if the New York Times said on its masthead, a left-wing newspaper, I would
0: never attack it. It's a... <laughs> See, it's all just about the perspective and point of view that you have. And if it doesn't fit Prager's, which is conservative right wing, then it's a lie.
1: The lie that it purports to uphold truth that is so upsetting. Same with the universities. If they said, we will we will teach you one way to look at life, give us your $50,000 a year and have a great day. I would say nothing. <laughs>
0: Even though we need to have a talk about student debt. Alright. Well that's Prager. And that is the the, the right wing echo chamber from Fox News to the Daily Wire to OAN. And they're all staying pretty consistent that the left are the true authoritarians, but if you just believe in Jesus Christ and Trump if you if you allow Trump and Jesus Christ into your heart, then you can be saved. And um, you know, th- that that is the way to greater truth. Oh, boy. Well, join me tomorrow for another episode of Talks News. Um, It's actually going to be a different episode. What I'm going to be focusing in on... Wow, this is really messed up. Um, What I'm going to be getting into is Theory Thursday. Um, Going and reading Homo Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, Chapter 2 and uh i'm hoping to stay pretty consistent with it i have uh his second book homo deus that to also go through and then we also have uh i just got in the mail 21 lessons for the 21st century also by Yuval noah harari uh should be some good stuff uh, actual books people actual books um and then i also got in the mail murray bookchin's uh ecology of freedom all of these, those three books that I just said, Homo Sapiens, Homo Deus, uh, 21 Lessons, and uh, Murray Bookchin's book, Ecology of Freedom, are pretty thick books, and so it's going to take me a minute, and I don't know if I'm going to get through all of them this year. Um, chapter two of Sapiens is tomorrow, and then also I have this one that I want to get into after the Uval stuff, but it's Abdullah Ocelan's, uh Manifesto for a Democratic Civilization, and these are it's the first volume of the books that Abdullah has been writing from uh, prison in Turkey, and it gave uh, inspiration to the Rojavan revolution out in Rojava, Syria, um, that was uh, led by anarchists and a really fervent feminist movement. So, um, yeah, th- that's what I'm hoping to get into here for the uh, theory. Um, I also got a little pocket constitution. Little pocket Constitution just to uh, you know stay familiar and maybe one day this will reach into the the theory realm um, But I did want to read one Amendment here that has to deal with President Donald J. Trump Here it is. So it's amendment 14 section 3 no person shall be a center senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the united states or under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of congress or as an uh, officer of the united states or as a member of any state legislature or as an ex- executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may by vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability. So if you're wondering what they're impeaching Trump for, Amendment 14, Section 3. Thank you for joining me on Talks News tomorrow, Theory Thursday, Chapter 2, Homo Sapiens, Tree of Knowledge. Um, Other than that, stay radical um, and try to keep your Boomer family members off Fox News. That's that's all I got for you, and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll catch you on the flippity-flop side, you know? You dig? You feel me? You like it like that? Ooh boy. Where's that outro music? This is going on too long. Where is that outro music? There it is. All right. You have a beautiful time until I see you next time on Toxin News.